Why do you want a podcast? Because I can't sing a dance. Rocky, coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenay. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today that is Tommy. I would give you crap from have never seen Rocky before, but (laughs) it was just your birthday, which explains the gap in our weekly episode structure. So Tommy, happy birthday, audience. If you're listening, thank you. Thank you. Say happy birthday out loud. Make it uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> for all your coworkers. It'll be great. It, It'll be perfect. Even even if you listen to us like a year from now or two years from now, when it's not even my birthday or ever. Um, yeah. I mean, by the time you're listening to it, it'll be about like close to it'll be about close to two weeks from your birthday. So <laughs> at that point, yeah. So uh, but yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh somehow I've never seen Rocky, but this is not the first Rocky movie uh I've seen. Um I've saw 2006's Rocky Balboa in theaters, but never for some reason. Decided to like go see like the other movies. I did have Die Hard too. I remember at the time I saw Live Free or Die Hard before I saw. I, Die Hard. I did that with Die Hard too, but not Die Hard two. Live Free or Die Hard. I did that for Indiana Jones also. Um, I saw oh. Crystal oh. Skull before any of the others. So I mean, I don't know. Middle school me just didn't care about franchise order. <laughs> well, we're not going to go into Indiana Jones because there is a a bombing coming in June with Indiana Jones and whatever the hell 80 year old there Harrison Ford is going to do. But Tommy, let's, let's catch up. Tell me what did you go see in theaters uh, lately? All right. So uh, I guess the most recent one was uh, for my birthday. I had a bunch of friends come out and we got, went to go see the new scream movie uh, scream six. If you follow the podcast before, if you listen to our scream episode or any of our horror episodes, you know how much of a horror fan I am. And scream is probably my favorite franchise right there. And I think this, pretty much lived up to the Scream franchise for me. I mean, I, this is a franchise I think that has maybe one miss in Scream 3, but the rest are all f- fucking fire, and this just lives up to that standard right there. Uh, New York City, they actually take advantage of it, unlike, you know, the Jason Takes Manhattan or something like that, where it takes place on a cruise ship. This is actually a really fun, great slasher. There's some great twists you didn't expect, even from the opening scene. Um, it definitely lives up to the Scream thing. Third act wasn't the greatest, but still special effects, everything about it. Really fun time. I think it's probably my third or fourth favorite screen movie in the franchise. So <laughs> I recommend if you like the screen. So it's funny that you say that because like I I used to crap on you all the time for Scream, but then having actually watched the original Scream, I was like, oh, this is a really well written, well acted, like with actual scares horror movie that gets into the meta, but not overbearingly about it, mm-hmm. and especially in a time before meta commentary was all the rage, like dan Harmon popularized yeah like I, I i've never seen any of the friday the 13th but from my understanding is that they're all kind of crap but that's kind of yeah. the charm of them like exactly. they're all kind of <laughs> terrible but that's where the you charm, watch them drunk <laughs> that's the charm yeah. of the friday the 13th franchise um yeah yeah so i saw cocaine bear nice i did too uh i like this movie but i wish it was a little more wild. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was my... It felt like... Okay, you hear the title Cocaine Bear, and I think 
direct to VHS trash from the 1980s. So that's exactly what I think of when I hear the name Cocaine yeah. Bear. You watch it one in the morning, drunk as hell. Or... <laughs> and they tried to give like the characters like arcs and it's called Cocaine Bear. Just have Cocaine Bear doing outrageous crap. I don't need anything else from this movie. And I, the movie lost me a lot, actually, at the very end. It was nice to see Ray Liotta in probably his final performance, right? I think that was his last performance because they, de- they dedicated the movie to him, too. <laughs> yeah. So Ray Liotta's final performance, he plays the cocaine boss that had the bags dropped down. And his son's involved and the little kid goes at the climax of the movie. You're a bad dad and you shouldn't treat people this way. I was just like, oh. My God, like I, I hate when <laughs> movies try to like I, I, hammer the morals down your throat. And that was a particularly like brutal case. I, I, I think it was still somewhat of a fun movie. There still were some great set pieces. Oh, there, it was fun. Oh, I had, a, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just like I felt like it needed a little more of those scenes. I mean, like I, I do agree with you. Something like the human drama kind of fell a little flat for me where I was just like, all right, can we go back to this bear on cocaine? Like, you know, just fucking shit up. Like, I just want to see more of that. That's why I paid my ticket for not to see like fucking, yeah, like the human drama stuff. Sometimes it's just like you need a little less when your movie's like, you know, the schlocky title. So, you know, if I was if I was going into like, you know, an actual good movie like The Godfather or like a mob movie, I'd be kind of pissed off. Or I'd be like, why is there not, uh, not enough drama? But this is a case where I'm like, just give me the schlock strictly. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, like audiences went into Cocaine Bear expecting like, Give us five reasons why these five different parties all go into the woods. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Then have Cocaine Bear kill 80% of them. That is what the audience wanted from Cocaine Bear. And it kind yeah. of delivered. It just, it, 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 it falls to the problem of that actually being made by a actual studio and having an incompetent with, filmmaker. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call Elizabeth Banks competent. I would call her passable. Is that the same thing? <laughs> she did do the Charlie's Angels remake. If uh, the one that I, yeah, the one that I heard, you, I heard it was okay. I I heard it was a giant steaming pile of poo, and I think the box office return on the Charlie's Angels remake also would stand by that. Because did you even know there was a Charlie's Angels remake? I was like looking up Elizabeth Banks, and I was like, she like I didn't even remember this movie coming out. Uh, I mean, I did just because I was listening to a bunch of podcasts about movies at the time and uh, those coming up and like people were talking about that. But I, I don't know. I'm all for Elizabeth Banks as a filmmaker. I mean, like, you know, I didn't see Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, uh, I haven't seen any of the Pitch Perfects, really. Pitch Perfect one's a good movie. Yeah, I, I actually, I've seen that one. But yeah, that was good. But, you know, the second one, I'm sure it keeps with the standard. This movie was like some of the drama did hit a little bit. She didn't get good performances at people, but it's still just I felt like pacing was the biggest issue in this movie. I feel like I should. They should have edited out about maybe like ten minutes or something like that. And this is a ninety-five minute movie. It still felt a little long. And like, yeah, it did. like I was looking down at my them. watch, and I knew it was a ninety-minute movie, which is a problem when you have a ninety-minute movie. And they did hint hint at, a, hint at a sequel. Oh, by the way, this is all spoilers for Cocaine Bear. By the way, um, I know you. Bear goes on cocaine, kills people. <laughs> I know you've listened to the whole spiel that we've had on Cocaine Bear, but yeah, that's Cocaine Bear. And this is Rocky. His name is Sylvester Stallone. He's the star of a new film called Rocky. 
He has been described as handsome, tough, talented, sexy, sensitive, dynamic, and brilliant. He's been compared to Brando, Newman, Pacino, and De Niro. He's been called a top contender for an Academy Award. Sylvester Stallone in Rocky, rated PG. So, Tommy, Rocky. I got to get this out of the way here because I watched the version that's on Netflix. And you were saying you watched it on Amazon Prime. I guess it's streaming on both because Creed 3 just came out. I think they want to get the Rocky name out there, get people into the theater. More movies, more franchise movies should do that, by the way. They should have more people, like more of the other films in the franchise available when they're releasing a new one. The audio mix on my copy of Rocky was was that the actual theatrical release or was it just her- it was horrendous on my end i i mean i watched that on amazon prime i mean i guess this is a movie now that creed 3 is out which is one of the reasons why we're covering this obviously um you know it just uh i guess netflix just like yeah, you put it on all the it's on all streamers right now and then for, usually kind of sucks um i feel like it's one of those apps that kind of struggles with it so on prime I didn't feel any issue with it whatsoever. <laughs> but what was yeah. the issue with Netflix? It just like the audio mix was horrible. And like Rocky's a movie that kind of needs subtitles because Sylvester Stallone plays on the <laughs> accent pretty thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little hard to follow right there. It's a, it's a, it's and especially considering he talks for an hour and twenty of the two minute runtime of Rocky. Yeah, like you're gonna need a little bit of of clarity of just like sometimes he's just mumbling over sentences and, and it, it works because that's the charm of the character is that he's a simple witted man that nothing's ever broken light right for him in his life and there's a great scene with with mickey where he's like why didn't you ever give me treatment why didn't you ever give me treatment and it's like because you were a talented boxer and you and you threw it all away to become a, a half-beaten loan shark right that's that's what rocky does he collects loans for the mob from people he collects up on debts yeah. and he's a guy he's a very lonely guy like he just wanders the streets of philadelphia like it it was stunning to me because i haven't watched this movie in probably five or six years it's been a while since i've watched rocky that the mm. first 30 minutes of this movie is just a day in the life of rocky balboa like what does this guy do every day let's watch and it was all and entertaining and it was all essential to understanding the character as well it all added and it like cinematically it just felt really great i mean we were just talking about bad pacing but somehow this pacing while it was you know it let the characters breathe a little bit but the character drama was interesting right here and the writing was just so great and obviously sylvester sloan this is a star making performance obviously um but you know there's so many great shots of just like showing how much like you know he how alone he is like where it's just like that one shot in his apartment I think like around that 30 minute mark where he's just by himself, like, you know, just going to bed himself and just, you can see how lonely and like, with his little, feels. with his turtles and his goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> that he buys because he's, uh, he has a crush on Talia Shore, Adrian, who we'll dive into her a little bit later. Cause if I had to say there's one part of the movie that doesn't really work for me is that the relationship of rocky and adrian while it works when they actually get together 
the scene of them getting together, I'm just thinking the entire time, I'm like, girl, why are you, like, why are you entertaining this? Like, I didn't think they did. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I thought you were about to say, like, how you hate the relationship with the movie. Oh, no. I was like, oh, I was like Timmy, the, no. That's the heart of the movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's what I thought you were going. I was no, like, oh, are no, you no, kidding no, me? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying, right. like, Rocky takes her on the worst date ever, takes him into an apartment that looks like a serial killer's apartment, and then yeah. basically pins her in a corner and kisses her. And I guess because he's the first guy to ever be like, Adrian, you're beautiful. Well, take off those glasses. Look at how beautiful you are. It's the com- it's the common film trope of just like, hey, take off your glasses, and immediately you're like 10 times more attractive. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, like, I th- think the time the movie actually um kind of explains it is when Polly breaks down after Rocky's Rocky and Adrian are sitting in Polly's house and Polly mm. walks in and Adrian and Rocky's like oh, I can't give him the job you know he's he wouldn't be good at it or whatever whatever he's saying and and Polly has a breakdown and I actually have that clip cued because I think it, it kind of describes it gives a insight into Adrian's character, um, into who she was before dating Rocky. I don't want you missing, love. And I don't raise you to go with this scumbag. Yeah, come on. You want to hit on me? Come on. I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you. That's right, I'm not good enough to meet with Gazzo. Woo! That's what I think of Gazzo. Now you're a big shot fighter on the way up. You don't even throw a crumb to your friend Paulie. When I go and get your meat every morning, you forgot that night I even give you my sister too. All I do is say that. I'm a pig. A pig gets you the best. Like a loser. I don't get married because of you. You can't live by yourself. I put you through the together and you... I think that line of and because when you are introduced to adrian she's very dressed very vanilla and very bookish very book nerdish uh she doesn't talk like the first 40 minutes she's in the movie she says like three lines basically mm. and it it shows like the the confidence switch and actually having somebody in her life and I think for a character like Polly, who's Rocky's best friend, or at least in the movie, his his best friend, um, it, it represents kind of like what a theme of, you know, theme of the whole movie, but just what's in this, you know, lower class neighborhood of Philadelphia is that it's a lot of people who feel underappreciated and feel like they're not, they haven't made of their life what they were looking for which i think is just like really relatable and why a character like Polly, who's kind of a little slimy wormy guy who's always trying to make a quick buck who's always trying to use other people to move himself forward but i think it adds like a relatability to the movie 
And the reason I pulled this clip specifically is is the insight into Adrian. Even though she talks for 10 seconds of that whole clip, like that was what the relationship was. Polly made her feel bad about her and it came from his place of, well, I couldn't get married because I have to look after you. I have to do X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. And, and she's like, I cleaned for you. I cooked for you. I took care of you. I'm not a loser, Polly. And like walks away, right? Like that's yeah. the only insight into that first scene with Rocky and Adrian, which is a it, it does creepy. it does take yeah. I mean, other than that first scene, that's kind of creepy, but like it does take a noticeable shift in the character and the performance does change a little bit. Uh, not even a little bit, like a lot. It's almost you see just how much like they bring out in each other and like how like Rocky is able to be a little bit vulnerable. Um, I mean, like earlier in the movie, like, you know, Rocky, it's kind of funny how alone he is where he tries to give a kid advice about like how you don't want to be a whore. It's just like, she's like, you're a loser, you? Rocky. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Are you Who's this random creep in the street? Like, tell me I'm going to be a whore for some reason. <laughs> well, I, I also think part of and that whole like 20, 30 minutes is kind of just Rocky walking around Philadelphia and him monologuing to people is essentially what the movie was yeah. what the first 30 minutes of the movie is. he has and no one else to talk to he's just that annoying person you see in the middle of the street it's like oh god rocky's here he's gonna talk to me for 10 minutes <laughs> he's a lonely person and it's what makes it interesting because and i'll touch briefly on the sequels here because mm -hmm. rocky was filmed for like nine hundred thousand dollars at the time it was filmed yeah. on a shoestring budget like the yeah the very iconic shot of Rocky running up the stairs and waving his arms in the air, the like the most iconic image from the movie itself. Like on set, I think they had like four people. Mm. They they did not have a lot of people for to to work on this movie. It was filmed in like twenty eight days. Well, a lot of the reason why the um, the film budget was so low was that because uh, Sylvester Stallone wanted to star himself, like originally. Oh um, yeah, he wanted to bet on himself, and I mean, it yeah, clearly paid it, off. It, it paid off. I mean, apparently, like United Artists originally wanted, like you know, like a more established star, like you know Robert Redford or like Burt Reynolds or James Caan, and like mm -hmm. this movie wouldn't have worked if that happened because, like you know, it helps that like you know, granted now Sylvester Stallone is a huge star, but at the time, seeing it unknown, just like down as that actor, you could feel the performance like. So admitted himself that this movie like pretty much was about him struggling as an actor, but he was yeah, like, no one's gonna care about a struggling actor. They're gonna want to see this boxing star that's more relatable, and it pretty much he's playing himself in a way. Oh, um, where one hundred percent is, and I mean, they offered him three hundred thousand dollars for this rights to the script to have him not star in it, and he's famously said he's like, you know, I didn't have that kind of money, so I didn't even know what it would feel like, and. I, I knew that if this movie was a hit and I wasn't in it, I would have regretted it every day for the rest of my life. Yeah, he was literally down on his out. Like he literally, um, he sold his dog for like fifty bucks or something, and then um, a, like he bought it back like the second this movie started getting made. Uh, but it was just like that's how down he needed money that badly. He was like, I, can't, I don't know if I can take care of this dog, so here's someone else to take it for me. I mean, he was an usher making like thirty seven dollars a week. Which even today's inflation isn't that much. <laughs> yeah, back then that definitely wasn't enough money. But he was the Italian stallion too in some movies. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's how his career was going at the time. Yeah, and it, so I also got to say when we look at the trivia of this movie, it is all very inflated because Sylvester Stallone has talked about Rocky because it, they are two in and of the same. Like I really struggled. Like, I, is this the most iconic? 
actor to character like connection right like whenever well, sylvester stallone's dies they're gonna try to remake rocky with somebody else but like i like you can't i don't think you can do that well i mean the, the, you know we just entered a month where this is the first month ever where we've had a rocky movie come out creed 3 and stallone has nothing to do with it whatsoever he's an executive producer but that's pretty much i think more of an honorary title than like anything other, yeah. um, like substantial so i mean like the fact is that we're continuing this franchise about him if he dies they're still gonna probably do creed movies we're probably gonna do something else i mean like but it is kind of like similar to the terminator of arnold schwarzenegger where it's just like you know people call him the italian stallion all the time that's like what it was, it was main names you know so yeah but like i like i just think the personal connection he has with rocky considering he wrote the script it's not like he picked up the script and was like oh wow this is me like i gotta do everything in my power to get in on it he would not have, if somebody else wrote the script for rocky he would have not been selected he would have not even made the list of 100 candidates for the role of rocky I, you have to admire how much he fought though because like uh henry winkler was apparently one of his best friends because like you know they worked on a movie together eight years before and um he like henry winkler brought the script to abc and they were uh gonna buy it and they're gonna make a made for television movie and someone else rewrite it and then stallone the second he found out someone's gonna rewrite it he's like take the rights back from abc like no like i need this movie back so i mean again it paid off but just like the script really is I feel like semi-autobiographical in a way, you know? And I think that's what makes the other Rocky movies, which you haven't seen outside of Rocky Balboa, which is, I haven't seen five or Balboa or any of the creeds, but I've seen Rocky one through four. I think it becomes interesting because it just explains where Stallone is in his life. Like, the, like Rocky is about a guy who finally has the opportunity of a lifetime and comes to the conclusion that he can work for it and kind of make the become the american dream like he can become somebody bigger than what he currently is and i think it's really motivating and then the rest of them like they're fun but they can become more focused on the montages they become much more focused on like the personal beef between the fighters that's not the case with this original rocky and it's interesting how like rocky changes and i know there's some criticism being like uh, of like the rocky sequels that oh rocky should have kept with that theme of him like down on his you know put him back down on his luck and fight his way out but i think it's a pretty natural progression for somebody like that because rocky mm -hmm. as he became a cultural icon in america like if that happened in real life like he would have become a cultural icon in the real world america you know like it, it's mm. it, it's it's a very interesting parallel to, to like sales career in general i've seen like bits and pieces of some of the sequels but like they always felt a little more cartoonish and a little more they, just like they definitely are 80, especially four from my brother oh, said four. Four. Four, four, four four is one of the best worst movies ever made man like four yeah, is a lot of fun to watch. it's pure camp though like people are like it's one of the best movies ever i'm like it's definitely not that but it's a lot of fun to watch and i'll watch rocky four whenever yeah so I'll say something about this, and I feel like this is probably what's lacking in the sequels. I mean, just based off a guess, I felt like the, this is a rare movie where, like, uh, especially sports or action movie, where like the romance section of this was better than the actual sports section. Uh, you know what I mean? Where like, you know, I think the Talia um, Shire and like you know Adrian, Adrian, yeah, Adrian and uh, Stallone, 
had such great chemistry and just like you know i feel like it, it definitely made the movie and just there's so many scenes that just felt like such a great romance and like uh characters and just you know the scene of rocky just venting to adrian about his fears about like i don't know if i'm gonna make it it just felt like such a supportive and loving couple that I was just like that was what i felt was the main hook for me in this movie more so you know don't get me wrong the boxing scenes were great and i thought the choreography is all great but i was more drawn to the relationship right there and that's I feel like sometimes a lot of movies they try to emulate that when it's just like, okay, you could cut out all the romance scenes because this is awful right here. Like this is just doesn't work. It's just like no chemistry. But this is amazing in this movie. <laughs> well, you know, the end the ending changed from what the original was. Um so the original end of the movie is what one of the most famous posters of them is 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 Rocky and um Adrian backs facing the audience walking down the tunnel after the fight the audience disperses and rocky's walking walking away and they realize like that wouldn't resonate with the audience after everything they went through because rocky doesn't win the fight but he wins the emotional battle of of being in love with with his girl and get, getting her and he i mean he also metaphorically won because he just became a star by being the only guy to ever go the distance with apollo creed well- he he also won like you know essentially like the moral battle of like him saying like to Adrian the day before like if I make it to the last round and I hear that bell, then I'll win right there. That's all I need to know that I last all those fifteen rounds. So and that's what's interesting too is because, uh, like that's a good way of hiding what's going to happen in your in your script and just making it part of your character's motivation because like the, they telegraph to the audience the ending of the movie ten yeah. minutes before it happens. This is going to happen right here. Yeah. Um, one thing I was kind of disappointed. I mean, I, I love their boxing scenes and everything, but, um, but I thought they skipped over some parts that would have been more interesting to see of like, you know, you know, the whole entire time throughout the movie, uh, Kree is talking about how like, oh, I'm going to take Rocky out in three rounds, you know, and like, don't worry, like this is going to go down right that. And then in the movie, they just skip over the third round completely. And I was like, the fuck we should have had that scene of him being like, startled that like he didn't he made it to the third round or like you know what the fuck like i thought it's gonna get him down right here <laughs> well, well one one reason is because they had a nine hundred thousand dollar budget tommy no no no. I, i'm not saying that we needed every single round i just would have liked to see the third round specifically because of how much it was brought up in the movie <laughs> yeah well that was more of a like like we got to move it along um so I don't think the third because we get the first two rounds and then like the 14th and 15th round. Like they just kind of cut all the they show us the first two rounds and then they cut to the end um of the fight. And I actually think it works in their favor. Like I that doesn't bother me that much because we see the round three, then like round seven, then round fourteen. Yeah. Like we see that the fight progressed. Well, well, exactly. All it would have done I, is I, just I, added 15 minutes of of more or you know, five minutes more of fighting scenes is essentially what it would have done. I, I I just felt like that's the only part I would have wanted to see, like just the the ending of the third round of him just be like, oh, like a quick line of, I mean, like, can't believe he made it to the third round or something, just as like a weird payoff because it was just brought up so much. But I do agree with you overall pacing wise, it was obviously smart to not show bits and pieces of each round. It just you need to speed this up. We're not trying to watch a full sports match, obviously. <laughs> well, and it was interesting too because in the first round, you can kind of tell Creed is just toying with him. And then Rocky knocks him down and he says the great line. He doesn't think it's a show. It's He thinks it's a damn fight. And because all we kind of know about Apollo Creed is that he's the world heavyweight 
boxer, but he is way more focused on the production side, on the marketing side of making as much money from this event as possible. Mm. And there's the scene in the office where they're showing Rocky fighting in the uh, the meat locker and on the news. And uh, one of the guys in his entourage is like, hey, champ, you should take a look at this. And he doesn't even pay him a mind. He doesn't care at all about him. Yeah. He literally picked Rocky out of a book because the name Italian Stallion was going to resonate with the American audience. Yeah, that is really just from marketing, but. It is a great a part of it that Creed also doubts him and underestimates him. He's like, oh, this is just some rim schmo. Who cares? I, I do love that scene of the, the guy, of him just dismissing the, the TV thing where he's like, no, I care more about the promotion aspect of this right now. Like, this is what I'm here for. And the fact that he's like goading him from the beginning, he comes out all uh, extravaganza and like the George Washington attire and stuff, uh, stuff just how flashy he is. Uh, it's a great contrast from Sloan who just kind of walked on stage, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and his uh, oversized robe, uh, which apparently, like, they were supposed, like, the robe that they got for the movie was just oversized, so they just kind of adjusted the the script uh, there to be like, oh, the robe's oversized, and it just fits, like, the theme of the movie. Like, this is a guy who just doesn't get things the way he wants them ever. And then Polly has the has the, the meat locker advertisement on the back of the robe. Which was which was a nice moment of levity before like the seriousness of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. So Tommy, who's the star of Rocky? Wow, this is a hard one. I guess it's gonna be a Sylvester Sloan, obviously. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> I I think it, it needs to be stated that. Sylvester Stallone actually does deliver a great performance. Um, I have a clip here of when uh, Meredith Burgess, uh, his boxing coach, comes up to him and after he gets announced into the fight and he's like, and trying to tell him about all the experience and how, you know, I want to give my experience to you. And, and Rocky really deliver like Sylvester Stallone really delivers a powerful performance, talking about the pain and suffering he's gone through in the 10 years of their relationship. Get here. Ten years you come to my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink? That's right, it stinks! I ain't no baby from you. Don't fall around me. Well, now you're prime. What about my prime, Mick? At least you had a prime. I ain't had no prime, I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting no nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal. Want to fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I'm going to want to fight that big fight. What's going to happen to me? I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. And you want to be ringside and see it? Do you? You want to help me out? Huh? Do you want to see me get my face kicked in? Legs ain't working. Nothing's working. They go, go on, fight the champ. Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked. You come around here, you want to move in here with me? Come on here, come to my house! Real nice, come on here and move! It stinks! Two place stinks! You want to help me out? You want to help me out? Come on, help me out, I'm standing here! I think it just shows, like, 
oh, Stallone can actually perform and act here. Like, uh, and it's really the only outburst he really has in the movie because the rest of him is just kind of walking and talking. And then he has his emotionally vulnerable moments with. That was his Adrian. Oscars clip, definitely. I mean, I, 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 if you were Oscars, I'm sure it would probably be like that clip right there. Um, you know, because he was nominated for Best Actor right here. I mean, he lost to Peter Finch in Network. Uh, that's a movie I haven't seen. Timmy, have you seen Network? Future podcast. Yeah, future podcast right there. But I, I mean, you know, he just brought such an emotional performance. I mean, this movie won Best Picture um, against, you know, it was a heavy year when you think about it. Like looking back, like all the presidents men, Bound for Glory, Network, and Taxi Driver. I feel like all those movies are mentioned as classics. And Taxi Driver, I feel like, especially uh, of the two. But Rocky's <laughs> also a trap. A classic like this oh, is no, the defining yeah. sports trope movie. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I wrote my notes when I was uh, watching this was South Park kind of ruined a little bit of this movie for me. You know, the Bat Dad episode of like how just parodies Rocky. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think the thing is like they parodied more of the sequels of Rocky than they actually do Rocky itself because it, it's not. It, it's such a character movie. Like my advice, because we talked about like the first 30 minutes of this movie is just Rocky walking and talking. If you're writing a movie about a character, like it doesn't have to be in the movie, but if you want to try to get to know this character really well, walk him through his day. Get to know what this guy does, how he interacts with people. You'll get a much better understanding of the character. And I think that's what gives this movie its lasting legacy and has made it one of the biggest franchises ever made. Mm. And it's because, like, how do you not walk away from this movie not loving Rocky? It really just gives you, like, a lot of time to understand this character, which makes it, you know. Yeah, and it, it's just, it's a feat of independent filmmaking because, it, it, you know, $900,000 was more money back in the 1970s than it is today. But that's still at that time, that was not a lot of money to make a movie. Here I go to my inflation calculator, which is my favorite thing ever now when watching any movie. <laughs> yes, yes, please take time. Take your time. It, it was uh, $4 million today. So, Four million, yeah. like that's literally peanuts. Mm. Also, I want to shout out Bill Conti, the uh, the film's composer, the score throughout this movie. Yeah, uh, I do Fantastic. want to mention as someone, as someone that just bought uh, Watch Rocky for the first time, I'm pretty sure one of the first songs I ever bought on iTunes was uh, the Rocky theme song. You know that was my that was my strictly gym playlist in college. That was I would just listen to the Rocky theme song yeah. on repeat over and over. Da, da, da. I, I actually wrote that down. I was like, if this would be a Ron Swanson line, like if they did a Parks and Rec episode where there's a health focus and they all have to go to the gym and they're talking yeah. about their playlist and you have Tom and like they all have their typical joke of artists and then you just cut to Ron. He's just like, only one, only one song I need, and it's just the Rocky theme song, like. That's a perfect Ron Swanson joke right there. Right there. Do you want NBC? Bring it back. We'll, we'll give it to you. No, don't. <laughs> Please don't give it back. <laughs> ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Tommy, would Rocky work as a Muppet adaptation? This is, this is another funny thing. As someone has never seen Rocky, uh, about a year or two ago, I watched the Muppets episode of like the original Muppets episode with uh, Sylvester Stallone and how he interacted with the Muppets just perfectly and seamlessly. So I'd say, yes, you keep Rocky as the only Muppet and then he's finding some like big Muppet um, in the final fight. 
<laughs> I would make the romance scenes between um, him and Adrian kind of awkward if it's just like him and it's just like Piggy's Miss like, Piggy. <laughs> Piggy's arm like comforting Rocky as he's like monologuing. But I'm kind of yeah. here for it. I feel like the sequels, especially like Rocky Four, probably would play much better into to the Muppets' hands than Rocky One because it is it's it's kind of a depressing movie, not in a bad way, but just more in like you're following a guy down on his luck, and it takes him a lot of time to kind of figure out and get the motivation to achieve his potential. Mm. So, I, yeah. I, I, I... I'm all for it though. Still, <laughs> oh, I am too. I think it would be funny, but I don't think Disney would make it. Disney, we're going to make a non-recommend. Again, Tommy, we're trying to get the millions from Disney. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a, a legit answer. We swear. <laughs> yeah, if you'd say Rock, Rocky remake, we would tell you no. Just know that. So, Tommy, review time. Give me your score out of five. Uh, I really enjoy this movie i thought this was a great sports drama there's a reason why this one best picture um the central romance between rocky and adrian just felt very just like couple goals essentially just like it was a very inspiring romance throughout this movie and um there's a, a great character study so i'm gonna go i think like 4.5 out of 5 i'm also gonna give it 4.5 out of 5 it's a it's a movie like its heart cannot be contained it's it just has so much heart in it so much character it it and it really does tell you like the american the story of the american dream of being able to accomplish what you want when you're when you put your mind to it and i think it's a timeless classic for a reason and it's almost 50 years old and in another 50 years they're still going to be talking about rocky because they'll have made a, a couple new Rocky sequels with some other guy and they won't be anywhere near as good. The only thing that keeps it from being a five for me is that just the initiation of the Adrian and Rocky romance, because it, it is so pivotal to the movie. Mm. I just wish that was like, I just wish there was something that just made this, the initial spark come off on the screen more and a lot less creepy than it does in execution. I, I, I do play there. I mean, my only thing was there's some parts of the movie I felt was kind of dragged a tiny bit. So. Really? I That didn't happen to me at all. I literally watched like an hour of Rocky 2 after I was like, I want more Rocky right now. I need more Rocky in my life, yeah. <laughs> and then I fell asleep on the couch. But that is Rocky. Tommy, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Uh, well, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you know, you can follow us on social media at Pod. That's on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And, you know, we have a great, uh, leave us a five-star review also while you're listening. You know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast really helps us out. Um, you know, we're, we're still figuring out a lot of things with March, but I think, you know, the birds, I think, is on the table, right? That's coming up in an anniversary. <laughs> yeah, we definitely didn't. We kind of had a scheduling issue here. We'll, we'll let you know on social media. At Scenic yeah. Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We'll let you know what yeah. we decide to do. But I, the birds feels likely to do. I, I'd like to do a little Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need some more Hitchcock in our lives. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening today. We'll see you next week.